Thank you, Eric. Well, this morning, uh, it's my joy to be with you and at the same time to let you know that we are taking a break from the series that uh, Pastor Ron started last week. So this is just a standalone Sunday. Um, we need to take a, a, a break a little bit, but um, we are going to look this morning at uh, one of the Psalms, and it's going to be a meditation on worship, on fellowship with God, on joy, among other things, the joy of doing um, our professions, whether it's um, teaching or healthcare or being parents, whatever we do for God. Let me start with a question. If you were to think of a game that you play with your family, what would that be? What would be your fam- favorite game to play with somebody? Let's say it's a, it's a cold winter uh, night, day, and uh, it's an afternoon. You just uh, had maybe a warm uh, tea or coffee, and you have some time. And what would be the game that you think, okay, let's play this game? For me and my family, I uh, remember many nights when Felicia said, you know, can we play backgammon? And what, 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 he, what she meant by that is, can I talk to you tonight? And that will be when I will have to listen to her. And uh, with one ear, always listening to her, I promise you. But with the other, I will just strategize how to, how to beat her, you know. And uh, um, yeah, this is a game that is both a little bit of a lock because you draw, I mean, you throw the dice, but it's also strategy. And then um, if we play the four of us, the four of us, we play a game called Dutch Blitz. We uh, learned this game back home in Romania. We... Uh, this is a difficult game because you can fight, we can, you can injure the others so easy because you, it's a, a fast game, very fast. You have to be uh, very, very fast and also quick and paying attention to what's going on on everybody's uh, tables and the cars. And that's another game that we play. And uh, yeah, I suggest if you want to fight, just, uh, just do this game. <laughs> we also play Settlers of Catan. A lot of the times uh, we start the game, we never finish because we're either so competitive that somebody starts to leave the table or something or it's just too long, it takes too long. And if, especially if you have an extension or something like that, it takes a long time. But it's a beautiful game because uh, it takes you to, uh, the, you know, your thinking is strategizing and scheming and, you know, building things and stuff like that. And um, if, if I were to play with my father when I go home, we usually play chess. You know, he likes chess. I still cannot beat him, maybe one out of 50, I guess. Um, and my son thinks that, you know, he can't do it. But, uh, yeah, he's a great chess player. He's very hard. I mean, lately we picked another game. Lately we picked another game, Yahtzee. Uh, I used to play this game when I was... Uh, first, I worked after high school as an electrician. And I didn't even know that it's called Yahtzee. We played a game, uh, and uh, we never had a board or whatever these things that uh, you have now, nice scoring cards. We just played on, uh, with five dices. And Yahtzee is an interesting game because it's strategy, a lot of strategy. Luck, too, but strategy, you know. And one of the things is the, you know, sometimes you throw the dice, and you can throw three times and still doesn't look any, like anything. And there is a box that says chance, you know, which means, you know, I don't know what to do. Just put it at a chance, you know. So you take the score and you put it chance, which means I, it doesn't fit anywhere. And uh, sometimes, I guess, in life, we even go to bigger games like puzzles, jigsaw puzzles, right? I know that some of you have even puzzle, jigsaw puzzle, puzzle like tables, you know, and they are there for forever. It's like 
in the living room or someplace, you know, and, and you start, especially those that are like big ones, like 6,000. I even saw some with 40,000, you know, or whatever, pieces. Can you imagine that? I mean, every time I, I went to visit Trudy Vermeer, maybe you remember her, in the living room on her floor, she used to play puzzle, and she had a nice puzzle there, and sometimes she'll say, Daniel, can you come and just, so I will just, my patient was like maybe finding one piece. That was a lot, you know, and... Um, they always thought that some pieces are missing, right? That's, that's with a puzzle, you know, because you start with the edges, and then you put them by colors, you know, and you say, hey, this is the pinkish kind of whatever color the image is, and, and then you start to look, and, and it just doesn't fit. And then maybe towards the end you think that the devil stole some of them, right? You say, it must be somebody is stealing these pieces. Where are they? You know, why they don't fit here? But in the end, if you do the puzzle, some people even laminate it, you know, and they keep it like that because it's a beautiful thing. And this is one of the puzzles with 6,000 pieces. It's a beautiful thing when you are done. Things come together and the image looks nice. And I want to say, God bless you. If you like those puzzles, God bless you. I mean, that's an amazing, you know, hobby that you can have and passion. And not everybody has that patience to do it, but it's an amazing thing to see the beauty that even a jigsaw puzzle cannot give to us, you know, when you see the image. I remember somebody saying that um, life is like a jigsaw puzzle. Life is like a jigsaw puzzle. I remember there was a puzzle that was uh, complicated, like maybe the previous one, like something like this, and it was hard to do. And it was almost impossible to find the pieces. And then somebody said, you know, if you look at the back of the puzzles, there is another image. And on the back of the puzzle was the image, the face of a human being, of the face of, of a person. And it was way easier to do it because it was just one thing, big and easy to do. And if you think that the world is like a jigsaw puzzle, sometimes to solve the problem of the world, God says, you know, I will solve the problem of the person. You cannot fix everything. Like Eric was praying, you know, t problems, you know, people are afraid of North Korea, of rockets and bombing and wars and news of wars. There are so many unknown things. You know, you cannot put everything together. The world doesn't look like put together, does it? At any time it can blow. It can destroy this puzzle. And yet God is in control. From the beginning God made this beautiful puzzle. It wasn't broken like it is today. He made this world, and it says every day, he said, and it was beautiful, and it was good, and it was wonderful. And then he made our world with trees, and with grass, and with rivers, and everything was good. It worked well until one day we touched that forbidden fruit. We don't know what it is. It wasn't an apple. We don't know. It was a forbidden, something that God said you should not do, and we did it. Adam and Eve, they did it. And from that point on, the human heart, the human heart has something broken inside. And it's like a puzzle that is broken. And there's nothing that can fix our brokenness in this world. Because we brought destruction not only in the human heart, in the world. What was the conclusion? What was the next step after Adam and Eve? Their sons. Cain and Abel, they kill one another. Because it was death, destruction in the human heart. And since that time, since the coming of this brokenness, disobedience and sin that we brought, our world is destroyed, is being pulled apart, not only 
our families or our own lives, but the entire world. And the Bible said that the entire creation is groaning and waiting for God to bring back all things together, to put the puzzle together. And He's doing that. And this morning we are called to praise this Creator God who has mercy on His creation. Psalm 148, it comes at the end of the book of Psalms. There are five Psalms. They are all five calls to praise. In the midst of things, the Lord says, one of the solutions for your heart and for my heart and for the entire world is to praise Him. And it starts with 146, which is basically say, praise God for who He is. Look how wonderful this God is. And look what He did. And, then, and 47 says, God did so many amazing things. And then our 48, it says, basically this is a choir of creation. Can you see everything that God made in heaven and on earth praising Him? Can you see this choir? Just imagine that we have a choir. And up here, up here is the heaven and the, the, the things that are above. And here... Here on the stage and all the things that are created on this earth and under the seas. And they all praise God. And 49, it says, praise God. Let, let every, every people that belongs to God praise Him. Israel, those who believe in Him, make sure that you praise the Lord. And it ends up with the hallelujah chorus. By the way, do you know what songs came out of Psalm 148? What insp- inspired? What songs were inspired? You can go home and check. There are many, many songs, beautiful ones, but let me just remind you one. It was written by Francis, the lyrics of Assisi in the 13th century. He was a monk who talked about father, son, and sister, moon. Brother, son, and sister, moon. He said, these things that we look around, they are our brothers and sisters, and we are called to praise the Lord. And this is, this is a hymn. In 48, is a hymn that is divided in two stanzas, and that's, that's it. Just two stanzas, 14 verses. 1 to 6 is the first one, 7 to 12 the second one, and right at the end it has a conclusion. And if you look at humans, how we kind of, we were inspired, right, by this song, All Creatures of Our God and King, that beautiful song says, All Creatures of Our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing, all creatures, all creatures, and it says, hallelujah, hallelujah. Every time in the Psalms is the praise, praise the Lord is basically hallelujah. And it basically says, hallelujah. And then it says, thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with soft, softer gleam. Oh, praise him, oh, praise him, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's follow this psalmist. It starts like this, praise the Lord, hallelujah, basically says to the Lord. And then it says, hallelujah, the Lord from heavens. Hallelujah, Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. All of those heavenly beings, praise Him. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all your shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them Praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created, and He established them forever and ever. That is what we are called to do. Praise. Make sure that this is the praise. It starts from the heaven. It starts from above. 
And it is this song that starts in descending order. It looks at the highest heavens and says, From the highest heavens, from the presence of God Himself, make sure that we are reminded to praise Him. That's our call in descending order. And it goes down. It goes down to all His angels. Do you know that people were tempted to worship the angels? And then it says, star, moon, moon, and, and the sun. How many people, even today, they think that the stars, the, the setting of the stars and whatever day it is, dictates our destiny. And the psalmist says, no, all of these things praise their creator. Make sure that you remember that. The rainy clouds, the waters above, the, the rainy clouds, they are all things to praise the Lord. They are all created by command. You see, when we build something, if you are a mechanic and you build something, you build maybe a house, a dollhouse for your daughter, or maybe you build a house, you, anything that we build, or maybe you're a painter and you like to paint or build a, something, we build things with our hands. And the Lord doesn't need to do that. He's just speaking things. He said, let there be light. And there was light. And he said, let there be fruit trees and rivers and birds of the air. And, and by command, by his word. And that's why his word is still alive. Because his word is not just an inactive thing. It's a thing that gives life and truth to everything. People started to worship those things. And the psalmist says, worship the Creator. Because God speaks to us, not only in the creation, in the book of nature, but He speaks us in the book, in the holy book of Revelation. He speaks us in His Word. And this psalm is one of those things that the Lord says, do you want a song? Do you want to praise me? This is the lyrics. These are the first stanza, the second stanza, the conclusion, the, the chorus, the refrain. Praise me, praise me, praise me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All things are created. You know, I have a, set, a physicist friend of mine, and recently I talked to him, and uh, he is doing a lot of deep, deep research. So I don't know what he's talking. He usually talks to his own physicist, you know, fellow physicists. But he says, uh, at the end of our conversation, we were just amazed how beautiful our God is, how powerful God we have, how creative. And we said, what if we imagine this human life as a toy store, giant toy store, where there are many games and toys. And God basically puts us in that toy store and says, you know what? Every, every game here is fair game. Go and try to discover. And we go and we pick this game, Yahtzee or whatever. We, we, we have some, some games that we don't even know. And then what do we do? You look at the box and say, where are the instructions? How do we, the rules? And he said, those rules, how to pay the game is basically the scientific rules, the laws of science. It was not so, so big of a deal, but it's still a big deal, you know, when, when we, we, we have a pen and we let it drop. You know, there's a law. We say the law of gravity. Now, that was discovered by somebody who wanted to play by God's rules. And he said, you know, there's a law in the universe. And there are so many other laws that work together to sustain our life. And we said, what if, what if we think of God as being a father who has joy when we are playing in his toy store. Whether we are building something with carpentry work, whether we are at home cleaning the house and making food for kids, that's a science. Because you know how to make the eggs, right? It's just over medium or overdone, not burned. You need, to, you need to make sure that the bread that you want to toast is not burned. It's just toasted. 
when you go, and maybe you are a nurse or a doctor, or maybe you go in, the, in an office, you need to be careful. But every time when you obey the rules and the world works, and you build a chair, and you build a car, and you put maybe a heating system in a house, you bless people. Technology is a blessing to us. Science is a blessing to us. To, whom, to human flourishing. And Lord, the Lord, God says basically, have fun. Discover the rules and play the games. Enjoy it. These are my rules. These are my games. These are my toys. Get into the air, this airplane. See how fast you can go. Can you beat gravity? Well, how fast do you have to go? How much of a runaway do you need? To just make sure that gravity is not stronger than the other laws. Some people think that science is against faith. And I grew up in a society in communist Romania where they said, if you are a person that believes in science, you cannot have faith in God. They are mutually exclusive. Let me tell you about somebody that had a different opinion. And it's, it's somebody who said the world is like a, a peg puzzle. When my kids were young, maybe toddlers, I used to give these peg puzzles to them. Sometimes it will take them, in the beginning, an hour to put it together. And they were so happy when they came to me and said, Daddy, look what I did. And then the next day, the same puzzle. Maybe it took them half an hour or 45 minutes and went to Mom, Mom, look what I did. And we look surprised. And God is the same with us. He gives us these toys and we go back to him and says, look what I discovered, this laws. Look what I do. I can use a smartphone. Can you imagine, like, maybe explaining? I mean, somebody coming from the time of Jesus, one of the disciples, and seeing us on a smartphone, and they go back and they try to explain to those people, uh, you know, this, uh, there's, what is it? There's a, how, how would they explain through the first century people a smartphone? <laughs> Well, it just has a Bluetooth. What is Bluetooth? Well, it's this Wi-Fi. What is Wi-Fi? Well, Internet. Internet? That's why Paul, when he steps into the heavens, he comes back and said, there are things there. They are so beautiful beyond our imagination. There's no words to tell. There's, the, the vocabulary is limited. There are things that are beyond what we can conceive. It's beautiful, but I don't know how to explain it, says Paul, because you need angelic Language, human language is too limited to explain what is there, what I saw there, and the beauty and the glory of, of the heavens. So John Lennox is teaching uh, math at Oxford, and he is a great Christian, and this is what he said. Just follow his story a little bit. Because they believed in a creator, a rational spirit behind the universe, they thought that science was worth doing, and so they did it. So I'm not remotely embarrassed of saying I'm both a scientist and a Christian, because arguably Christianity gives me no exception. They studied God's revelation, both in the natural world and in Scripture, with the minds that God has given us. And I believe there's no conflict, ultimately, between those two sides. 
thinking that there is conflict is like saying, you know, you made a game and, and, and now, now the game says that you do not exist. And you say, no, wait a minute, I, I just built a Yahtzee game. No, yeah, but, but if I follow the rules of the Yahtzee game, basically I conclude. So it's basically science stepping outside. My friend said, you know what, I have, I have physicists and I have friends who are atheists. They are secular humanists. And, and I have friends who are Buddhists. And he said, we can all talk science. And we can talk nice about our beliefs, but that's not science. And we know that. When we talk our faith, we know that we stepped out of science. Because nobody can prove that, what, they, what they believe. It's about, it's about good reasoning. He says, I have good reasons to be a Christian. And they maybe have good reasons for them to be atheists. But we don't fight in the field of science. This is in the field of faith. It's outside of the box of science. Science can, cannot, he said, cannot tell anything. Science can only say how things are working, not what or why. Science cannot give us purpose. Purpose in life, meaning. That's not part of the science. Science cannot say what ought to be. Science only says what is. Science cannot say you ought to be a moral person. There's no morality and ethics in science. Science only, he said, can describe what is happening. And we have to experiment that so many times until we have good proof. And we say, okay, this is what it is. If I drop this pen, the law of gravity takes it down. But he said, today it's the law of gravity. We think it's pulling. But maybe in 50 years somebody will say it wasn't that. It was somebody pushing it. Oh, yeah, it's another law. But he said, right now, the simplest explanation is the law of gravity. But that's what science it is. It just explains how things are. And we live in this universe that God created for us to rejoice. And scientists have always thought we are just thinking or discovering God's thoughts after Him. Because He wrote those game rules. And we just go after Him and say, how do you play this game? Let me read the rules. But it's God who wrote those rules. It is He who keeps things together. And we sometimes think that He is surprised by what we discover. And He looks like a father or a mother surprised. He said, good job, Johnny. Go back and discover more. Go play more. Go build more brooms. So that people, or maybe snow shovels, right? Go develop a beautiful, by the way, somebody has, I just saw a nice story. It's a tractor that plows the snow. I, I don't know. It's so beautiful. It's all glass. I, I want to drive one. I almost want to say, can I rent one just for an hour just to have fun with it? They look so fun toys, you know, to, and it does a good thing, you know, plows the snow. But they have all glass so that they can see what's going on and then they bump into things. And maybe the same thing if you are a farmer. You find joy in what you do. And God says, that's how you fellowship with me. That's how you fellowship with me. And the second stanza goes like this. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great creatures, all and all ocean depths. It starts from the bottom, all ocean depths. It started from the highest heaven, and now it says, you know, and then it says, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do His bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women, old men and children, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All of these things, 
Praise the Lord. It starts from, from the bottom, from the earth, it says. Praise the Lord from the earth. It doesn't say the earth should pray, but make sure that the praise is coming from the earth. The psalmist is almost like a director. Just imagine Steve or something like that. Having power to dictate his two choirs. And one is, starts with the first stanza, and it's basically a choir that is in heavens and up high in the clouds. And the other choir is down on the earth and in the oceans, in the depths of the ocean. And Steve is directing the choirs, right? And it's like an like a antiphony or, I don't know how to say that in musical terms, but, you know, they respond. Bam, 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 bam. And then they went. We did a little bit this morning. It starts at the bottom in an ascending order, fruit and trees, flying birds. And then suddenly it talks about people. And it says, you kings and all nations, you kings and all nations, dictators, murderers, everybody should praise the Lord. People that are evil should turn their hearts and praise the Lord. Young and old, women and men, everybody should praise the Lord. It says seven all. It says all, all oceans, all depths, all people, all hills, all cedars, cedars, and everything else. And then in verse 14, we didn't read it. In verse 14 says, make sure that all his faithful servants. So suddenly he says, there are some people whose hearts are now put together. Because they are faithful servants. And they also praise the Lord. So definitely the heart is repaired. Israel, and then talks, the people close to his heart. The covenant people. And you and me are part of this, this people close to his heart. God's desire from the Garden of Eden, right? Was to be close to us. We had this verse, and it brings us comfort. Even in death, it brings us comfort. From Revelation 12, 21 verse 3, it says, You know what? God will be with them, and God will dwell among them. God with His people, and they will be His people, and He will be their God. That is what God intended from the beginning, for us to praise Him and to be close to Him, to live. And how do you get that heart of praise? How do you get that heart of faithful servant? How do you get it? There is one verse in Ephesians that explains a little bit how God puts this big puzzle together. And it says, God made known to us the mystery of His will. That was His plan, His mystery, to bring unity to all things. To all things in heaven and on earth, under Christ, the cross of Christ. Is what heals the puzzle of your heart when it's broken. And the cross of Christ heals the puzzle of our city that is broken. That's why we want Christ to be preached. And Louis Palau and that campaign is coming in September. And he's basically saying, until then, make sure you churches that you bless and you connect with the city and you serve the city. And then we will proclaim the gospel in September to everybody. So that one more time, the gospel will be proclaimed in a public way to a multitude of people to West Michigan. Because the Lord has to be praised. And that's God's plan. And you might say, you know what, I'm... I'm I hear what you say, but I am still believing in science. It's hard for me to drop science. I still cannot just buy what, what, what Christianity is saying. There's a, this guy, Francis Collins, and he was a scientist that was atheist. He's uh, the director of the Human Genome Project, so he mapped out the genetic code for us humans. So this is his story. Just follow that. <clears throat> 
So the question for you is this morning, what do you believe? Doctor, or nurse, or friend, or son, or daughter? What do you believe? That was his question. What do you believe, doctor? Life is like a jigsaw puzzle. It's, it's not easy to hold things together. But God is in control. He's bringing all things together in heaven and on earth through the power and the miracle of Christ coming to us. You see, this past week, we, we lost two people dear to us. One was Ben Closter here in our community, and then Preston Cool. He was living in Battle Creek. They all went to heaven in the same time, in the same day. Not the same time, but the same day. And it's painful for us and for the Closters and for the family. We pray that the Spirit will comfort them and strengthen them. But if you think of Ben today, Pastor Ron said that his father for sure went to the golf course in heaven and is hitting golf balls. And Ben for sure, he went to that Chick-fil-A mountain full of chicken nuggets and, and, and the, the, the Chick-fil-A dip and, and, and he is having fun. Some of the laws, the physical laws, they don't work. Just like with Jesus. After the resurrection, he can go through walls. Peter can walk on water sometimes. Because God, in the heaven, he suspends some of the laws. He can change the rules. And you go there, and can you imagine how much fun Ben will have there? To play there? To create maybe his own planets, his own worlds? There's this movie now, Jumanji, and it's about being sucked into a game and you go into a different world and you play the game and you have different powers. You have something. Almost like the same thing happens to us. God says, this is my game. 
And one day I'm going to draw you in my presence and you are going to be eternally living with me. Eternal beings that are going to be full of joy and creativity and you will continue to build those if 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 you build like you, if you're a rocket scientist, you will discover the fastest airplanes. And if you have a question, you will always can come and, 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 and talk to me or to my son. He will be always available. He will be the scientist in residence all the time throughout eternity. And if you mess things up, he will help you. It will be a lovely presence in which God draws us and says, make sure that you remember that I am a God who is totally other, worthy of your praise, and I am active. I am participating in your world. I don't withdraw myself. At any time, I can part the Red Sea. At any time, I am, I am blessing you. And everything that you see in this world is from me. Make sure that you join me. And the question for us is, will we join this chorus and praise the Lord? Will we say, I want my life to be part of this cosmic, cosmic game that God is playing? And he says, make sure that you discover the beauty of my creation. And be part of blessing people with your creativity, with what you can produce. Something that you make with your hands or sometimes just you utter with your words and you say, Hi, how are you? God bless you today. Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks that you love us and that you gave us this hope that the heaven is way beyond our imagination and that in Christ Jesus we have this promise that we will spend eternity with him and with the angels, with the heavenly hosts, and in your presence our pains and our, our tears will be wiped away and joy will be ours forever and ever. May that joy of Christ, may the peace of Christ that right now surpasses all understanding fill our hearts. And may we live as curious people, people that praise you. In Christ's name, amen. Let us stand together as we sing in response. Doxology, praise and glory. Praise and glory to the Father. Praise and glory to the Son. Praise and glory to the Spirit. Ever one. Sing that again. Praise and glory to the Father. Praise and glory to the Son. Praise and glory to the Spirit. Ever free and ever one. If you need somebody to pray with you this morning, there's a prayer here to my right. Other. Otherwise, make sure that as you leave this place, you know that the love of God the Father, the grace of Christ Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you from now and forevermore. Amen. You may go in peace.